Now it is time for Inspirational Women. And my guest, Marie Unanaway, an author who now has directed her talent to writing children's literature because she is passionate about helping to change the whole bullying scene with children. And we know it needs to change and thus change the world. We know the power of story, and that is the reason that Marie's new book, The Adventures of Fatty and Payasso, featuring delightful animal characters, crosses many barriers in bringing a spotlight to important character traits for each of our lives. So let's meet Marie and get some further insights into this special book and project. Marie Yunanawe, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. I as well, for so many reasons. Of course, the big reason is here that with a new book, your venture into wonderful writing for children, as well as parents, this is a great book to share together. And and the subject matter is something that is so key here uh, during the summertime as school is going to be starting. Oh, the kids probably don't want to hear that. But <laughs> that kind of thing, this book, your new book, The Adventures of Fatty and Payaso. Is that correct, Payaso? It's Payaso, but so close. And pa- it means actually clown in Spanish. Really? Yes. Oh, that's very cute. And it's... They're in Central Park. I get the feeling that uh, you live somewhere in the vicinity of Central Park, obviously. I do. We live in the actual apartment that the story takes place, right overlooking Central Park. We're blessed with a view of the best park in the world. And in real life, Fatty lives there, and his friend Payaso, the cat, does live next door. And so there is a reflection in this story of life and uh, putting personalities on. Well, creatures have these personalities, but giving them voice and creating a great adventure. That's exactly it. I've given them a voice. And what a voice it is. And focusing on so many important characteristics. Well, that's where we maybe need to start is what was then the inspiration for creating this wonderful children's book, Marie? Well, to be honest, the friendship between Payaso and Fatty in real life was so unique because Payaso lives in Seattle most of the year. And when he comes to his home in Manhattan with his family, he's only there for two months. For years and years, the cat would arrive from Seattle, come out of his carrier, and run to the back door and wait for his parents to open the door to let him over to our place. And there he would sit year after year and wait for me to open the door and the cats would play together for hours. And cats are solitary animals. Yeah. Very odd that you'd see two cats. Um, their friendship was so unique. You know, Fatty being this very overweight, adorable rescue. And Payaso is this extremely regal, exotic cat that just has this air about him. He's hysterical. And in the book, I decided to make Payaso the, the leader. The, he's well-read. He has his own Kindle. He's always coming up with things for them to do. He's talking about his world travels. And, you know, in real life, watching them together, it seemed like he was always looking out for Fatty. Fatty would be so excited when he arrived. And I thought, geez, if everybody had a friend like they have in each other, no matter how different they are, they have this way about it, this kindness. And, you know, the birds would always pick on Fatty in the window from the terrace and Payasa would sit there and bat his paw at the window, and I thought, wow, if this isn't a story, I don't know what is. 
<laughs> and there it was. It presented itself to you kind of like on that silver platter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the timing, who knew I started the book years ago, to be honest, but I didn't have any inkling that, you know, bullying would take on such a momentum of this epidemic across, you know, taking over our country. So it, the timing of it ended up being perfect. Absolutely. And and that's one of the key reasons for uh, this conversation because of that fact that there's just way too much of this going on and how it affects and impacts kids. And it, along those lines, you have a personal connection with that as well, right? Absolutely. You know, growing up, I was bullied. I was always the, I felt like the awkward one out in a lot of such situations. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And, and to be honest, I realize now as an adult, bullying never goes away. The mean girls at school, they don't change and become nice girls. They become the mean girls at the school drop-off and, you know, the mean moms. And I'm hearing it from so many parents that there is such a need for this book because the bullying is coming from somewhere, and I believe it's coming from the adults. Well, the children, if we watch them just playing together, will be typically very natural and uh, enjoy each other's company. But yes, then you have to watch the parenting, right? And those personalities begin to then overpower the child. and They learn that. I believe like they're like a sponge. They take it all in. And I don't even think that sometimes they realize that their, their behavior is actually mirroring behavior that they have seen before. Right. Now, part of this, kind of taking a, a little bit of a digression in a way, but related to the book, is there has been research, and you've related to that in, uh, well, I guess in, in terms of during your writing, not directly in the story, but ab about the bullying and what's affecting it. Uh, there's research being done. Yes, well, stopbullying.gov was a very... Uh, wonderful source while I was writing. And they talk about great ways to handle bullying. They talk about the large statistics of kids being bullied. I had no idea the numbers were so high. And, you know, after spending a great deal of time on their site and other sites reading about bullying and um, hearing from parents how they're handling it, it really helped me get an idea for how my characters were going to handle the bully in the story. And again, this is so timely because it is such an, a terrible issue for children, and we need to help them because it's not improving. Did you feel that growing up when you say you were bullied? Did you feel that there were others around you that were experiencing the same thing? Yes, I did see it. But you know, the difference is when, when we were kids, when we left school, the bullying stopped. We were able to enjoy our weekends with our family, forget oh. about school, and now it no longer works that way. These kids, when they get home from school, the bullying happens on social media now. So when, when we were younger, we wouldn't know that there was a party going on that we weren't invited to, you know, because we wouldn't see it. Now we're seeing pictures of it, we're, we're watching it unfold on our smartphones, and I think this is taking this feeling of hurt and isolation to another level for the children. 
Exactly. So we're seeing that where on one hand, having some of this technology, having the cell phones to have for an emergency to stay connected, have a benefit, but then it goes beyond that. Absolutely. And so in that context, uh, I know that there's the idea of limiting the amount of time spent on all of these devices. Um, Do you have another approach to it, Marie? Well, for the social media aspect, I do believe that limiting the time that a child spends on it is key. I mean, for so many reasons. One, I can't picture what our necks are going to look like in 20 years because every child I look at is hunched over a phone looking down. So aside from just their posture in the future, I think that people need to be engaging with their child. And one of the things we talk about in the book are character skills. And we realize that character skills are a learned trait. So, And characterlab.org talks about the skills that are missing in children today. And I think when you limit the phone time and you're actually engaging with your children, you have more of a chance of actually teaching them social intelligence, gratitude, purpose, all these things that you could be doing over the weekend with your child instead of your child playing a game or talking with their friends that they're not, they're not even FaceTiming with. They're, they're texting. They're not reading somebody's emotions. They're not, there's no inflection in voices. It's, it's ruining how we communicate for the future. So put the phones down and engage in your, with your child. It'll just, I believe, make such a difference in the future. Absolutely. And when you mention, I'm going to just back up a bit, to posture. So there is that internal, the internal qualities, these personality characteristics, but then there's that physical piece of it. And at the chiropractor just recently, I saw this poster of, of what keeping that neck looking down does and thinking of a child beginning at a young age with that kind of an inclination it only is going to point towards such negative things for their future absolutely you know as as i age i definitely see my body (laughs) my body isn't getting straighter i will just say that and i can't imagine it like you're saying if they start in the downward position i don't know where that leads them yes So that is a a key thing to think of in terms of the physical aspect of it. Really important. The internal, the the personality, the character of the person, though, is so key here. And that's really the major focus of our conversation and talking about this great book. Actually, let's mention Fatty and Payaso, right? Payaso, I said it correctly. Yeah, that's perfect. So great information because the characters, the the animals take on the personality. And don't we all relate to these critters because they are so important in our lives? I I am the biggest animal lover, so I could not agree more. And I think in a way it helps to bridge, especially for kids, younger kids, the animals have a way to just carry on their activities, their actions, and are able to convey messages that maybe if it were an actual character might not, or a group of characters might not be able to do. Yes, I, you know, I believe you're actually correct on that. I mean, they're, each one of them has their own unique personality and how they work together as a group is, is actually very exciting to watch because each of them have a different strength. And I really wanted the book to feel that way. 
so that way um, every character had an arc, every character you know had a, a moment where they learned something, and every character had a moment where they realized that they weren't perfect at something. And and it all blends, and we find in in such a safe haven in a story how this really translates to life. We know that this is so, and to be able to share it with children in such a great story really is um, a great lesson and an important learning. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited about it, and I really hope the kids um, take something away from each situation. And what we learned early on was we gave kids book reports in the trial process to see where we were going with the story, what I needed to add. I originally didn't have a villain. So it was my first time writing a children's book. I, I tried, I didn't think I needed a villain. Well, it turns out I needed a villain. I needed a ticking time clock. I needed something to engage the kids that they had to keep turning the page. And we asked them what, what they loved about the story and more importantly, what character they identified with and why. And I cannot express reading these reports it was by far one of the most moving experiences I have had since writing the story because I was so taken back by each child's different reaction. And, oh, wow, I identified with Fatty because I'm picked on for being this way. Or I identified with Payaso because, wow, I love to read. And, you know, my future, I hope that I'm the leader. And I'm, you know, each child identified, well, even with, in some cases, the villain because the villain was is a big bully. And one child wrote, I need to treat other children better. I realized that I'm picking on people, and I didn't realize I was. It was it was just so moving to, to read the book reports. That is a key one, Marie, for someone who is bullying to recognize. Isn't that powerful? It really was. And I realized just recently that empathy... You know, we're teaching kindness, we're teaching character skills, and they're all life lessons. I think the biggest one, if if people can, or children especially, could take from the book a lesson on empathy, of being able to put themselves into someone else's shoes, I really think I may have a win here because it is such a hard emotion for children to understand. And if they could take a moment and think, wow, how would I feel if this was happening to me? But I really think that child would stand up for another child being bullied. They'll be inclusive. They'll go out of their way to change perhaps their own behavior. And and I'm hoping that something has to stop bullying. I don't know if I have the answers, but I'm hoping that kindness and empathy go a long way. Well, it's a, a, a situation, I think, of needing to keep repeating the message in whatever ways we can. And certainly... Reading material, books are, I think, an extremely important source. And, you know, the, your experience with being able to do these tests, test situations with the kids in classrooms, I think, really gives the feedback that the kids respond to it in this way. Yeah, it's been so much fun. And I, you know, last week I was in a classroom in Newark uh, through a great organization called Horizons. And it's a, a camp that goes year-round for children, and I was so moved by these children because I asked, you know, somebody share with me a time where they showed someone else kindness. And it was interesting. They had to think for a moment. Some kids couldn't think of any, and we worked on 
okay, how can we change that? Their homework was to go home and do something kind and to share it with me on social media. And then the children that gave examples, one child said, well, I asked the one young girl who didn't have any friends in the lunchroom to come sit with me. Does that count? And I was like, absolutely. You know, sometimes these kids, I think, just need a little push. They, they, when they're doing it, I think they, they know they're on the right track, but an adult saying, yes, that was great. You, you made somebody's day by just asking how they were, including them, by opening up a door, by saying thank you. These are all great character skills that are going to go a long, long way in your life. Absolutely. So having these conversations, and hopefully this will be a book that's used in classrooms, that then they have these discussions, because of course, we don't read in isolation in the classroom. Uh, We end up, teachers want to have these conversations with kids. So then that just underscores it. And even for the more quiet child, hearing all of these things being mentioned, uh, or maybe the bully who doesn't want to speak up hears these things and it begins to, you know, fill in some little place in their heart. I would hope that does, that is what happens. I really, I really do. Because I think if bullies could, and look, I, I've realized after all this reading and research, but that bullying, someone's bullying because they feel bad about themselves. You know, the the bully is bullying because they're hurting. And in the book, Wally Crawler, who was, his real name is Wally Otis, you know, Crawler is a bully because he's been hurt and he's been picked on. And the only way he can make himself feel better is by putting other characters down. And we see as he evolves that when, you know, a group takes him in, it makes all the difference when somebody shows him kindness and more importantly, forgiveness. It, it goes a long way that, you know, he changes who he is. And people people can change, especially kids. They're little tiny Play-Dohs, and you kind of mold them into who they're going to be as adults. Right, exactly. And so here we have an opportunity for parents, for teachers, to use such a great story, a fun story, with the adventures of Fatty and Payaso to really have these important conversations to apply in our own lives. And I'm sure that it will be an important lesson, especially at a young age, that lives on because these are very formative years in these children's lives. Yes. Characterlab.org talks about how character skills are not, you're not born with character, you learn it. So if this is a behavior that kids are going to, you know, watch, take in, learn, and use, I want to be a vehicle to teach the kids what's going to make them go far in life. And teaching a child gratitude is easily, I think, something that's going to help them exceed in the workplace, their future. They talk about this all the time. When is the last time that you got a handwritten thank you card from somebody? And I think if kids learn that at a young age, when they go to get jobs and they send a thank you card to the interviewer, it goes a long way. They leave an impression. And this is why they need to learn at this age that these are skills that will take them far in life. And added to these wonderful animal creatures that we have in the book, you've also added in a special needs child, which I think is brilliant, really, and so important, uh, considering all, again, that goes on in life these days. Yes, I wanted, I wanted children to understand, I think 
from what I'm, I'm reading and what I see and I hear from uh, moms is that when there is a child at, at a school with special needs, the kids don't know how to interact with them. They, it's not that they don't want to. They're frightened that they're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or how do you engage someone that's in a wheelchair per se or how do you engage a child that has trouble communicating. So kids are fearful of the situation. I wanted to paint a picture for children to understand that just because the child has special needs does not make them any different than you. They still want to play. They still want to fit in. They still want to be included. And there are ways, even when somebody can't communicate, to show them kindness and be inclusive. And that's really important. I believe it's a very big part of the story. And it's interesting to see how our, our character, Clyde, in the book, who's a little bit of an introvert, sees from this child, Max, who has trouble fitting in from a different perspective of, wow, let me help him fit in. And here he doesn't know how to fit in. So the two of them kind of learn together, and it's, it's really touching. And you can just project into the future as, as this kind of relationship repeats in so many different places with different personalities, how bonding like that really people grow and, and just become so much who they are meant to be in the world, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they just, kids just need a little guidance and a little push in the direction of a positive one. And they, they just take the ball and run with it. So here we have so many qualities so important in our lives. We see it really needed so much because of all the challenges that exist. That just means it's fertile ground for us to share the information, share these stories, so kids begin to see that there is a different way and they can be that instrument of change. Absolutely. You know, growing up, my mother would always say two things. She'd say, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And she, to this day, uh, you know, says that to me anytime I need a reminder. And she also says, actions speak louder than words. So in the story, a lot of these lessons are taught by actions because I wanted kids to understand it's one thing to say you're going to be nice and kind and inclusive, but it's another to actually do the act of kindness, you know, show forgiveness, be the bigger person. And I think that's, that's key in their future as well, having them understand that, not talk is cheap, but actions are definitely powerful. Yes, talk is something that maybe we need to have that conversation, but then you don't just sit back and let it go. Act on it, as as the characters do in the story, right? Yes, absolutely. So that we see that life has adventures uh, in many different forms. Yes, it absolutely. And this story is one big adventure. And so it gives kids an idea of how to really connect with each other and strategize and, uh, in a way, set goals. And like you said, actions speak louder than words. Then they act on it and move forward. Uh, Just a lot of exciting and important concepts. Thank you. Yes, I'm hoping it's well-received. Absolutely, uh, because there is so much that's so important for our world I want to say now more than ever, you know, people might have said that all along, but it just feels like there's just such a a desperate need 
for change and for really respect and gratitude and understanding to surface and, and take hold. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Now, you have a website. We should mention that, Marie, because I think that has a real great wealth of information for us as well and being a place to get the book. Yes. Yes. And there are also uh, great areas on the website that uh, talk about character skills and they uh, show examples and they it's really interactive. The kids can scroll and the adults can scroll over the picture of the animal and it talks about their strengths, their grit, zest, purpose. And it gives children an idea of what their strength is. So when they're reading the book, they have an even easier chance identifying the character skill. So I wanted kids to be able to see it and have definitions and also then read and see the actions in the story. And they could also, like you said, get the book there. I'm very excited about that. And they could also download the Kindness Challenge from the website. So give us a little bit of insight into that, Marie. So the Kindness Challenge is something we are urging for parents and kids to do together. I'm trying to start a movement where kids turn to social media in a positive way and they download whatever character they identify with. So if they identify with Fatty or if they identify with Payaso, you know, depending on your personality, you download the photo and then you work together with your parents. You kind of put it on a, you know, a popsicle stick or you cut, you know, you follow the cutouts and then Together as a family, you work on acts of kindness, and you tell your kindness story. You work together to do kind things, and then you write the kind thing that you did on the back, whether you were helped an elderly person, whether you engaged a child that wasn't fitting in, you were inclusive. There's so many examples on the website of how kids can be kind and pass it forward. And then they take a picture with themselves and tell their kindness story and hashtag, let's all be kind. And I'm hoping that if every child sees another child doing it, they'll say, I want to do something kind. Let's do this as a family. And then before we know it, kids are on social media doing kind things instead of making other children feel excluded, bullying, all the other things that go on in social media that aren't so positive. So I'm hoping that we start a movement of kids doing kind things. Absolutely. And you've made it so simple in this way that we don't have to think of, well, how shall we go about it? No, it's all right there. And, you know, the website just follows that name. So the website is? Let'sallbekind.com. With, as we've heard, such a great variety of opportunities, of things to learn, things to do, and really take this other path where we think that maybe there are so many negative things going on. Here's the opportunity to turn it around and start this new movement, which we, I believe, really want to see happen. I agree. I agree. And and it's definitely now, we need it now more than ever. And I think hopefully um, everybody will take time to go out there. And even if they don't buy the book, if they at least do the kindness challenge, I'll feel like the whole thing was worth it. One child treats another child differently because they read the book or they read about character skills, I'll feel like this was a big success. 
And the thing is, uh, summertime is definitely a big time for reading. And so many uh, schools at the end of school, they say, you know, see how many books you can read or libraries have these reading challenges and fun ways to engage with reading material. So here's another book to add to that list. And it's going to make this world of difference in each of our lives. Thank you. I really hope so. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you, Marie, that you had uh, this inspiration and and you acted on it and you've made uh, created this story that reaches uh, across all these generations and really has that potential, if we use it, to make a world of difference in our lives. Thank you. I I. From your lips to God's ears, I would hope that is exactly what happens. Well, let's do that together. So that's been our goal this morning is to set this forth. And now everyone needs to catch that proverbial ball and run with it. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, it's been wonderful to connect with you, Marie. And I just really appreciate the work you're doing. And actually, is there another book on the horizon? So the second book has been written and it's called Milagro which means miracle in Spanish. And it's about uh, a girl animal comes on the scene. And it's quite funny. It's quite an adventure for these young boy characters to realize how powerful the female character is. And it's, I think it, it's a real trip. I, hopefully kids will love it. Oh, I'm already loving it. There's a great <laughs> need for that particular storyline. Uh, so I can't wait. Maybe we'll have another conversation. Oh, I would love it. Thank you so much. Well, it's been great fun, and I really thank you so much, Marie, to be with us this morning and to really share this wonderful story. Thank you so much. You have a great day, and enjoy the rest of the summer. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Marie Yudanaway and Sunday Morning Magazine with David Williams. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, And I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, k-a-t-e-d at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of embracing respect as we spend time together. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.